Hello, everyone. So we have a very different special episode today. I am going to be doing something a bit different. Typically, I'll be interviewing different guests and talking a lot about, you know what, here's what they did for creating this successful outcome for their product-led business. And although it's really helpful sometimes to talk about like what works and sometimes what doesn't, what I've actually learned very recently is that focusing on inverse thinking is actually one of the most powerful tools in our toolkit as whether we're in growth, marketing, products, or anything else. So sometimes if you want to find the key or the best practices, I actually have been doing the exact opposite. Instead of saying, what will make the most successful product-led business, I'm actually going the other way and saying, what could we do to create the most terrible product-led business ever? And if you do this activity for anything in your life, even how to have the most terrible relationship with your partner or whatever, what you'll find is it's so easy to find like the, the absolute worst things that like blow it up. It's hilarious. But whenever you look at the inverse of those things, what's often true is that, okay, if you look at the inverse, there's the truth is right behind it you know, to create an amazing onboarding experience, we start talking about, hey, like uh, you should totally make it impossible for people to sign up for that onboarding experience. As you're listening to this episode, I want you to think about the inverse here. So, okay, if we want to make it impossible for people, what's the, the truth behind this? And it's really, okay, we want to make this onboarding experience as easy as possible for people to do it in as few clicks and as few like form fields they got to fill out. And so... There's a lot of funny recommendations here. And I'm so excited to share this episode with you because it's it's different. That's for sure. And if you like this, I want to hear from you. So in order to actually like create this episode, I reached out to my LinkedIn, my Twitter friends and followers, as well as our product-led community, which is at productledcommunity.com. It's completely free, by the way. And you can go there and just participate in these discussions. But I was asking everyone, okay, what are the 10 keys to building a terrible product-led business? And I'm going to try my best to give credit to everyone. But there was close to over like 100 people who kind of jumped in and gave recommendations. So I've identified the top 10 keys. But within each of these keys, I'll, I'll kind of go through some of those specific areas. So I don't want to waste time going through how it all works. But I'm going to start off with the very first key to building a terrible product-led business. And this is really going to start with first impressions. So if you want to really build a terrible product-led business and set a very terrible first impression, you will need a website that blends all its messaging for both enterprise buyers and self-serve signups and so that it really converts neither of them. That's according to Ed Fry. And also, you do not want to invest in review sites and customer testimonials because those are just not proven to work. And when it comes to your value proposition, you really need to make sure that nobody can understand what the value is for your company. And you must use as many acronyms you can so that people are left questioning, what does your company do again? And they have to talk to you because that is the goal. You want people to have to reach out to you in order to understand what your product's value is. So that is the first key. 
to building a terrible product-led business. The second thing you really need to lean into is with your sign-up experience. So the main thing you could do to really see some great results here is only offer a Facebook single sign-on experience. The only way people can sign up for your product is with Facebook. The thing is, in tech, people change jobs all the time. So you really do want to make sure that you get their personal emails so that you can sell to them through multiple companies. The ROI is just way better if you get their personal emails. That's according to Jan. Now, when it comes to your call to action, make sure you have a try now button, but don't just give them a trial. Lead them to a Calendly link as soon as they click it so you can book a call with sales. Thank you, Andrew the CMO of Paddle for that recommendation. The next thing you can do is capture more contact information. That is, well, you can capture more contact information more than is absolutely necessary. So I'm not just talking about your email, talking about your phone number, your date of birth, the size of your company, the annual revenue, whatever your budget is, reason for reaching out, ask them complicated questions, math questions specifically to understand if they're not a robot, such as what's 55 plus 111, social security number, and anything else you can think of, ask them for that information because it will help you qualify them. The next thing you can do to make your sign-up experience absolutely terrible is make your product-led company a multi-level marketing model. So if you sign up, you have to get five friends to sign up. And then those five friends get five friends to sign up. And then together, you'll be able to unlock a free trial. Thank you, Jordan, for that great recommendation. Next thing you can do is build a website with no clickable buttons. The only way to sign up is to call a 1-800 number that has a super long phone tree that takes 20 minutes of pressing different numbers before you finally get what you want. Example, press one if you want a free trial. Once you press one, now press five if you want the 10-day free trial. Press six if you want the 15-day free trial. And keep asking them all these questions. Now, make your website design also look like it's from the year 1999. People are going back to old school. So your website must reflect that. Now, for the third key to building a terrible product-led business, you must nail your product-led model. And when I'm referring to product-led model, I'm referring to how do you package what is free and what is paid for your specific business. So one of the first things you can do is really just package it all up into one day free trial and make sure that they have to have a Salesforce integration to even get started for this. And in that free trial, make sure that they're not able to access much, get everything in the free experience behind the paywall. So you really ensure that you get more people signing up for your product, but you also ensure that they don't get any value so that they have to give you value in order to upgrade. And the next thing too is when it comes to branding, make your free users rep your brand as much as possible. If you've ever seen those powered by your logos examples, where companies use that on their sites, 
like the Drift example, powered by Drift, and it's on everyone's website. Great. You're going to do that for everything where people are going to be able to interact with your brand. You're going to make that massive, powered by <laughs> your company and make it as big as possible on your website. And also, you're going to force all of your users to use it and make it near impossible for them to turn it off unless they reach out to support for help. The last thing you can do for your product-led model is really just talk about ROI incessantly, but hide the product behind gates where they can't actually experience it because they trust you. The fourth key to building a terrible product-led business really comes down to the adoption experience. And in a product-led company, this is one of the most important. So pay attention here. The first thing is once people sign up for your trial, you want to make it extremely difficult for them to get the product. Use every form of friction you can, such as email verification step, force them to reset their passwords, set up two-factor authentication immediately, and confirm you're not a robot multiple times, just in case. The next thing you can do is once people first land your product, make sure to take them on a tour of your entire product. They need to see everything. Show them every possible feature and tooltip them to death so you can rest in peace knowing that they know everything your product does from the beginning to end. The other thing on the email side of things and communication is make sure you send a barrage of emails, SMS notifications, and all the pop-ups you can do to notify your new user of everything new that's going on in your company right from the beginning when they sign up. If you have a new webinar on marketing, send it to them. New feature updates, send it to them. New blog posts, send it to them during that free experience. And ensure your new user is signed up to all your marketing, sales, onboarding, marketing lists to ensure that they don't miss anything. That'd be a shame. You want to come on like a strong cologne so that they remember you. The next thing you can do to really make a terrible product that experience is make it costly and difficult to invite other people to collaborate. You really don't want more people using your product. So that's why we strongly suggest everyone uses usage-based pricing. Thank you, Juni. The next thing you can do is once people manage to sign up for your free experience, once they get into the product, make sure that they have a mandatory onboarding call with someone with a time zone plus eight so that it's very difficult for them to actually get on the call with you. The last thing you can do here is really think about putting all your sticky features in your enterprise highest tier plan so that people get to pay you more money. Thank you, Tanya. Next thing is never ask them what their goal is. You really don't want to know what the user wants. You are the expert. You know what's best for them. And if you really want to have some fun here, you can make fun of your users when they use your product. I'll give you an example for a conversion rate optimization product. You can tell them, looks like your conversion rate is less than 1%. You stink at this CRO stuff, huh? Or if you're using Canva, your Canva postcard looks like something my two-year-old drew. Give users a terrible self-confidence draining experience. That is the goal if you really want to tear them down. And next, 
you want to give them a ton of questions to answer and a couple of verification emails to sign up for the first time only to land in a blank space with minimum guidance as to how to get value from the product. Awesome. Now, the fifth key to building a terrible product-led experience, really, it comes down to the overall sales experience. When do they interact with sales? So when it comes to qualification, do not use product-qualified leads and have sales reach out to every single user. Thank you, Breezy, for that recommendation. When it comes to booking a time, make it in a time zone that is really painful for them to join. And when it comes to actually interacting with sales, make sure all of your sales reps force prospects through three calls of painful discovery consisting of pointless philosophical questions before they reveal anything about your product on pricing. Uh, thank you, Thomas. And also allow the sales team to mine the self-serve base with no oversight whatsoever. And the sixth key to building a terrible product-led experience really comes down to the product experience. Now, when you're building product, you want to really become the Swiss knife featureitis product <laughs> in your space, the one that promises and tries to do everything. So much so that it does everything badly and no one knows what it does. The website typically resembles a word salad of technical jargon on all their buyers, uh, all their buyers don't understand. Yes, lots of technical jargon. Thank you, John James, for that one. That was funny. Build endless features your customers don't care about so that it's harder for users to experience the value of your product and decide what features to sunset later on. Next thing you can do for your product experience is get an AI engine in place to detect when people are stuck and prompt them with empathy, such as, are you stuck? Maybe you're just not smart enough. We'll help you. Thank you, Mario. <laughs> okay, so seven, for your pricing experience, you must do this if you want to see a terrible product experience. First things first, make sure your pricing is hidden and make sure your pricing is so confusing that people have no clue which plan makes the most sense for them. And when it comes to setting the price, don't set something that's a no-brainer to get started with. Start with something around $200,000 per year. And when you're thinking about really ramping up your pricing experience, you want to make sure that there's no way people can purchase your product without talking to your team. You want your users to have to jump through hoops to pay you. Do not accept credit cards because that is just too easy, my friend. Next thing you can do is always charge based on the number of users using your product. It worked for Slack, so it will work for your business. And create your own currency with a 300-page user manual to translate what only 23,999 PLG points actually means. I, for example, you can get five team members to join for 230 points. You really just want to make it difficult for people to understand how much are you actually going to charge them so that every month is a bit of a guess of how much are you going to charge them. The other thing you can do is don't offer any sort of guarantee to put your potential customer at ease when making a purchasing decision. 
they should trust you by this point. Now, the eighth key to building a terrible product-led experience is don't provide any value or any ways for people to reach out to get support when people do manage to reach out. Take at least a week to get back to them and don't provide any helpful info that they couldn't already find on the website. And when they call customer support, the person on the other line should sound like they're reading from a script. And when I ask a specific question, they should repeat their very broad and unhelpful answer from the script over and over again until you either cry and hang up in frustration. And the other thing you could do to really make your support experience spicy is use an interactive voice response system where you can't understand the answers of anyone who's responding to it. If you've ever signed up for a bank or used online services for a bank, you've witnessed this where they say, now repeat out your credit card info for us. <laughs> and, and they just don't understand your numbers until you have to like type it in or do something. So that's how you can make it really exceptional if you want to master your support experience. The other thing, tip nine for building a terrible product that experience is really just how do you roll out product-led growth to your organization? First things first is talk about running product-led growth with your entire team and continue running a sales-led growth model without batting an eyelid. That's how you do it. Next thing you could do is go all in on product-led growth before you really even know which problem you are solving for a user. Because not talking to users and not understanding the core problems you're solving is actually one of the best ways to build a successful product-led business. And when it comes to your strategy as an organization, you want to be changing and going from product-led to sales-led growth every year or two. So you put the main focus on one thing and then switch it for your team. So they're always guessing what is the go-to-market strategy for your business. The other thing you should really be thinking about right now is get your VP of sales to lead the product-led initiative and with revenue goals for the month after you start PLG because you really want to put the pressure on <laughs> for following up with those users as aggressively as possible and basically doing what you have previously been doing. And the other thing you could do is have the CEO broadcast to the entire company of this big transition to product-led growth and just not dedicate any resources to this initiative so that people feel like there's change, but no change is really happening. The last thing you can do to roll out product-led growth successfully is make this big transition to being product-led part of your investor pitch, and yet don't follow through on any meaningful change. The other thing is just launch a free trial and expect it to work from the beginning. This is how things always work. Now, for the last and final key to building a terrible product-led experience, I'm gonna go through the cancellation experience. First off, just don't let them cancel without reaching out to support. And if you do let them cancel out on their own, make sure it's tricky. You wanna ask them a few questions to make sure they really wanna cancel and they can leave feeling like crap. A good question to ask them is, are you sure you really wanna cancel our product? Doing so will mean you'll no longer be able to do whatever you could do in a product. And we're going to delete all of your data so you'll lose access to everything you've worked so hard to build. 
Was that really your intention? You want to get them to question the core of their being and really question why they're doing this to get the best results. And then once you ask them those questions, just ask them, well, please book a call for us to talk about your cancellation and give times that are three weeks out at least and only have it in inconvenient times for their specific time zone. The last thing you can do for your cancellation experience is just don't ask them why they want to cancel in a follow-up survey because there is really nothing you could ever learn from users who churn. They just weren't a good fit. All right, everyone. So this has been a ton of fun. It's a little bit weird just reading (laughs) a lot of these responses, but I found this whole experience really fun. And what I I really enjoyed was how we were able to involve the community in building this. And actually, the majority of these uh, responses were community-generated from our product community, as well as everyone else who's following me on LinkedIn. So speaking of which, if you want to participate in more of these podcast episodes and get shoutouts, make sure to follow me on the well, I was going to say product that podcast, <laughs> you're already there, but on LinkedIn, uh, Twitter. And then also, if you want to interact with more questions and learn from other people in product-led growth, make sure to join our product-led community. That's productledcommunity.com. And I look forward to hearing from you. And if you want more episodes like this, uh, when you reach out on LinkedIn, just be like, I love the 10 keys to building a terrible product-led business. Tell me more about it because this is one of those channels. We've been running this product-led podcast for, oh my goodness, maybe almost two years now. And there's over 15,000 of you that listen every single month. So I want to hear from you. I want to hear what you like, what you don't like, and make this something where every week you really do look forward to these episodes. Thank you so much for listening. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Product-Led Podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with a colleague or friends you know who might benefit. We are always looking at which episodes get the most listens so we know which content to create more of. So if you want more of this particular type of content or style of episode, please share it out. And in return, here's your selfish reason to do this. Uh, We will definitely create more content just like this episode. And if that's not your style, please leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts and tell us your favorite part about this podcast. I personally read every single one of these reviews and it gives me more ideas on what content we should do more of. Happy growing.